1: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacob's Daily Podcast.
3: This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we spoke to the owner of a rugby league club up in Barrows. had an ingenious idea in these difficult times. Mike Ward joined us as always to look at the weekend's TV. Martin Kellner uh, did his week of uh, sport on TV and as ever was entertaining... Uh, we also gave you Stryker, the brilliant Steve Bruce murder mystery. And uh, there was a birthday spread as well. So, uh, and a bit of Motti for you as well. Motti reflecting on uh, great refereeing moments in his career. So we hope you enjoy all that. A bit of a bumper one uh, ahead of the weekend. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. Oh, we've got some uh, bona fide uh, transfer news (laughs) to talk about, (laughs) haven't we really? Well, Uh, we have, yes. You must be, I mean, you you did keep saying to us, when when people were, there was a bit of schadenfreude when you had your ban in and you'd sold a few players and not signed anybody else. You said, well, look, you know, hang on, because we'll have a lot of spare cash for players. We'll have, you know, nearly 200 million to spend at some (laughs) point with the players we've let go. And you've had the last laugh, haven't you? Because no one's particularly cash rich at the moment apart apart from Chelsea who can pay Timo Werner's um, buyout clause. Buyout clause. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, my
4: son texted me about it last night. He was quite excited. But I said, you know, I, I never get excited. I don't know about you, but I'm, I've seen these rumours. It's probably true because everybody's oh, no, got No,
3: Andy, I, it's, it's come from too many a, good sources to, to suggest, yeah, too many I people always, well in at the club to know otherwise, I think.
4: I, until they're wearing the old club shirt over their shirt and tie, I never, yeah. I never count it as, as, as in. But uh, yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be good. Let's see what happens in the transfer window. Manchester United will go big in the window, definitely. Chelsea have got players they can sell as well as as buy. I think they'll, they haven't finished yet, and I think other clubs will as well. Um, perhaps not Arsenal, but it will be interesting to see what other clubs. Do, whether well, maybe do not anything.
3: Tottenham, unless the government have given us a loan to buy them. <laughs>
4: I know. <laughs> that's not gone down well, really, is it? You know, but you know, well, these look, schemes you know, are
3: available and they're there yeah. to
4: be used. And uh, well, Look, it's either know, that
3: or Joe has to sell one of his yachts. You know, and that's, well, not, fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair on anybody, is it? <laughs> that's that not would fair be, on him. No? That would be wrong.
4: <laughs> you mentioned the new uh, table tennis balls have arrived. And yeah. uh, not only that, but I saw when I was sort of looking for them online. Up comes this thing, coits. Do you know this game, coits? Oh yeah, it's a the game coits, they used yeah. to play. Used to play on the ship with they get, get like a rope thing and think, So all of that—that's just arrived as well. Oh, you have so ordered coits? Become, Is that the new <laughs> <they're> not Paul
3: <laughs> coit? <laughs> Yeah, you no, haven't got Paul him. coming round. Paul, he'd be brilliant commentating on the table tennis and the basketball. You do yeah, need, we'll have a word with Coeti because I think you do need a live-in commentator now. You're playing that much sport and putting out that much stuff on the social media. It's great, Andy, because again, I'm looking at you here on House Party and you still haven't oh, yeah. got the hang of putting things in front of the camera. So I've basically not been able to see your mouth for the last two minutes, but on the side of your teacup, you always use a picture of your granddaughter.
5: Yeah, it's very So young. it looks
3: like She's is working with me. And let's be honest, she'd probably be better than you. <laughs> she probably would. Yeah. Yesterday we had this incident where, do
4: you remember the uh, Manchester United against Southampton, the famous grey shirts when oh, yeah, came, they couldn't course. see each other. Yeah. So we go to play, we are doing a double session yesterday, one after the Table tennis, show, is, this, one, is it? Table no, tennis, Because I can't yeah. keep up with the sports. <laughs> no, no, table tennis. Okay. So Sue comes comes out and she's wearing her new dress that she's got. But oh, it's yeah. white polka dots. Oh, it's going to mess with your background. eyes. I could. I made three absolutely ludicrous errors, and I said to her, "I'm sorry, I don't mean to be funny, but I can't see the ball." So I made her get changed, <laughs> <laughs> and we banged yeah, out a
3: thousand and twenty. If only that. on old mate side blue. had thought of <laughs> making his opponents wear blue and white polka dots for games, be fantastic!
4: Could have been king That's of the very world. Very confusing, I tell you. I, uh, last night. Hang on a second. <clears throat> last night I was. Um, Watching the Benfica game, not all of it, obviously. I just caught it on free sport.
3: Let's not start thinking you're a football purist. Not all of (laughs) it, obviously. In
4: fact, hardly any of it. But what I did notice was the commentator, the commentary rather, had crowd sound.
5: So oh, okay. the stadium
4: was completely empty as it would be, and every time I looked down to make some notes, and I thought, well, yeah, actually, this does sound like a normal match, and it, it sort of sounded better, but I'm not sure I'd bother. I still want to hear the players. I want to, I want to hear that first before I go with crowd noise, but it, it was an interesting experiment. It certainly sounds less empty.
3: Less do you think hollow. it would, I mean, I wonder if, oh, I mean, of course, we're going to bring you lots of uh, Premier League and, uh, and Championship games, mm. and possibly EFL, depending on what happens next week, um, here on Talk Sport, but and Talk Sport 2. So, I mean, do we want to sweeten it? Is that being discussed by, by the people I upstairs? Don't know. I don't mean, Do you think right, it would work right, well I, I on radios? And I think it you would said work. It, You said from an yeah. audio point of view, the the effects work quite well. They'd have to be... Yeah. It couldn't be the one we used to use for old Jack Bannister, the village cricket one we used in <laughs> How's the early that? 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's
4: right. You can't, you can't... There used to be a run-out during tea. That was always confusing. <laughs> but they... <laughs> <laughs> when you looked down it was fine when you looked up it did look ridiculous because you know, yeah. you're hearing crowd but there's no crowd there you think well where are they they're behind the camera but no I think it's uh, it, look I think it's a bit of experimentation I've been doing the birthday spread as you know and, oh yeah we got that uh, coming discovered- up yeah Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I've got more jokes than I can possibly use. But really? I, dis- I, I saw today, it doesn't mean they're any good. It just means I've got a lot of them. Uh, Kenny G, it's his birthday today. And I was thinking, you know, the lack of people using lifts must be affecting his
3: like music sales, really. Yeah, he's probably finding the old PRS has dried up a little bit. Before. I mean, I've often wondered if, if there was a program on TV about Kenny G and they suddenly lost the program and they had to cut. to say, well, I'm sorry, we seem to have lost... Uh, the pictures from the <laughs> Kenny G documentary. In the meantime, here's some music. It's a pretty good chance it would be Kenny G, yeah. uh, wouldn't it? Really? Yeah, I think it's a good idea, really. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is
4: 33 to 1 with some bookmakers to be president one day. Oh, uh, yeah. And you think, I oh, can't you just go to the White House now and body slam the present incumbent? I think a nice aeroplane spin would do me.
3: You think, out the window. Brilliant. Well, he's, he's yeah. been involved. In, I mean, a WWE exit. Um, it wouldn't be a bad, be a bad <laughs> way, would it, really? I mean, he's smashed over the head with a tea tray or something. Uh, I think yeah, we'd all be, we'd all for be me. interested in watching that. Um, Andy, and, um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen this. We're going to be chatting a little bit later on to uh, the chairman of Barrow Raiders Rugby League Club. We've come up with an ingenious idea uh, mm. in these straightened times, but we'll, we'll let there them is, tell yeah. you about that. But Belgian cafes are going to introduce something called the Helpy Hour. So as opposed to the happy hour where um, they give you a bit of a discount on your drinks, this is your chance to keep these establishments open that have been in trouble. And you can pay double for the drinks in the healthy hour to make sure they don't go out of business.
4: That is a good idea, actually. Do you not, like and that? It's not, I do like that because it's obviously not compulsory. It's <laughs> optional. And so if you can afford it, it's a very nice thing to do. Obviously, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. That's different. Yeah. But,
3: yeah, i I applaud that. Still lovely to see your uh, granddaughter in see front me. of the face. It's a joy. You can still so, see me as well. Well, just about. No I can. Room. It's like she's man marking <laughs> you. All yeah, got, I, I got, mean, <laughs> I know you've got a small desk, but having a cup right in front. I mean, she's a lovely kid, but I, I'm, I'm trying to look at you, Andy. This is the trouble. No, that's not good. It's, not it's so good, familiar is it, really? to me that picture now. When I look back on when I look back on this year, this period of us doing shows together, I always see your granddaughter playing with one of her toys on the side of the cup. It's the enduring image of lockdown. it's true. From my Talking talking of
4: lockdown finally, did you see this doctor was caught breaking lockdown rules and he, he, he drove from, I think, south of England to Brecon in Wales and he claimed he just wanted to buy some lamb. And I was thinking, he should have come up with a, a Dominic Cummings-style excuse. He should have said, I couldn't sleep. And so I thought I'd drive to Wales to count some sheep see if yeah, it would that, help.
3: Yeah, that would have, yeah. Well, and look, it worked, I mean, we, all would, it? we all would have fallen for that one, wouldn't we? It sounds perfectly <laughs> oh, plausible. The Hawksby and
1: Jacobs Daily Podcast.
3: We move on to the world of uh, rugby league and uh, tough times for everybody, certainly in the lower reaches of the game. And um, with uh, hopefully pubs due to open sometime in uh, July with, obviously, uh, systems in place to make sure everybody's socially distanced, the uh, the good guys at uh, Barrow Raiders have come up with a fine idea. They're basically going to turn their pitch into a massive pub garden. So you can, on, a size, I mean, on the size of a, a rugby league pitch, you can get some get some benches Five, in.
4: 500 drinkers,
3: apparently, they can accommodate. What a great idea. Let's uh, have a chat now with Steve Neal, their chairman. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon yeah i was as i say this this must be a potentially a real lifeline for you because uh imagine it's been pretty tough going recently,
0: yeah absolutely um, we'd only really got started um, in february uh played a couple of league games and then it all came crashing to a halt so tough times really not uh, obviously all the income streams stopped overnight um including you know the the bar facilities and the catering and what, all the other things that are associated with match day. Uh, and we, we have our bar open other days as well, so that, that all stops. So it's been a really tough time financially for us. Are you
4: open yet for, for business, for drinking, or you, you just got it all in place?
0: Uh, well, we, we just hit on the idea. But obviously, we, we saw it as an opportunity, really. The, uh, the fact that you know the pubs are destined to be open on the 4th of July, I still felt there was gonna be a lot of nervousness from the public in terms of going inside. Yeah. Um, you know, with germs more likely to spread it in a confined space. So we we just we we just put our heads together and thought, you know, perfect venue really, outdoor outdoor environment, spacious, you know, we could you know, we talked about five hundred but we could probably do more, but we wanna sort of take it cautiously at first, make sure that, you know, people once they've had a drink that they still keep the social distance. So, so we just saw it as a perfect opportunity. So we, and then we, from, from then we've started making plans. We've got in touch with the local council. Uh, we've been buying picnic benches and such like and uh, getting some staff in place. So, you know, we're, we're just really waiting for the green light from the government to confirm that 4th of July is a goer and that, and that hopefully we can... Uh, Obviously, we've had some fantastic advertising this week, but, you know, firm that date up and, and advertise properly that, that it's actually happening, and which would be great for everyone's morale, really, throughout the, the whole of the town.
3: And from the indoor bar, you're going to have people waiting on. So that, that issue of kind of, you know, going up to the yeah. bar and getting your drinks, you can do away with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're in the process of um, putting together an app. If, if we get that done quickly enough, we can almost order the drinks and the service will come to you at the, t- the table on the pitch. But if, even if we don't get that in time, you know, we've still got, uh, you know, uh, boards that you can put up in the air and you need some service and we'll have table numbers and such like. So we'll have, we'll have plenty of bar staff into, and waiting on staff so people can just enjoy themselves, relax, take the, take the fear out of uh, queuing at the bar. That, I think there's a lot of fear in the public about, reopening some people are keen to get on with it others less so so if we can take the fear out you know it's it's you know a great opportunity as i say for us but also people can get together and have a have a conversation with friends and family even if it's a, a safe distance
4: and what about uh toilet facilities
0: uh, presumably a stadium you've got quite a lot of toilets but
4: yeah i suppose you're, you're gonna to have to control that as well
0: yeah we're, we're just been having a meeting this week obviously we've got to bring in a lot of stewards there's a lot of toilet facilities out the ground but again we've got to be careful in terms of how many want the toilet at the same time um, i would imagine it'll be similar to your your local supermarket where it's so many in so many out so um we, we want to be safe and that's the key thing um but i'm sure with the right amount of stewarding and the public being sensible and not going over the top with numbers straight away. I'm sure it, I'm sure it can, be, can all done safely.
3: What what kind of guidance are you, are you getting at the moment uh, about a return to rugby, albeit behind closed doors, Steve?
0: Yeah, well, we've we've had guidance like like every other sport really in, in the return to train guidance and the return of player guidance. Um, certainly, at Super League level, that the, the there's a appreciation of the fact that there's a Sky deal there and they're not fulfilling the deal. And I think they're talking about potentially August for Super League resuming uh, behind closed doors. Obviously, we're a couple of divisions below Super League. So we've also had those discussions to see if it was viable. Um, From our own club perspective, we're in favour of going behind closed doors, but appreciate that there's a lot of cost involved with testing and such like. Um, we're also lobbying the government to actually al- allow crowds. It seems bizarre that we could have a, a socially distanced beer garden in the ground and uh, can't have a socially distanced crowd in the ground. So yeah. behind the scenes, there is some work going on um, with lobbying the government. And, and, uh, and obviously, they've got to take into account public opinion and what, when it's safe to move. But obviously, there's different, there's almost inconsistencies with a lot of things the government do. You know, you can have six in a garden, but you, you can have 100 on the beach. Uh, and similarly, you know, I could probably stream on a big screen my behind-closed-door game from another venue, and yet I couldn't have those same people actually in my venue to watch the game live. So it, there, is, there is inconsistencies from the government, but you've got to work with the guidelines, so... um Hopefully, we'll return. I'm hoping August, you know, like that, and we, we can cram a season in. Uh, obviously, we're a summer sport now, but if we can cram a season in before Christmas, then we might be good to go again next March. Could you show football on the big screen?
4: Because that would probably be quite attractive to yeah. some sort of 500 <laughs>
0: drinkers to be able to watch yeah. a match. Well,
3: uh, sitting out. Yeah, that's
0: a nice idea. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're on my wavelength because uh, <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm almost thinking... Uh, if Liverpool could delay winning the league, I could have 500 uh, adopted scouts on my pitch. Uh, <laughs> I'll cheer them to victory. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm thinking exactly the same thoughts. Um, I'm looking at getting a big screen. I can even do movies on there. I, there'll be a reluctance for people to go inside cinemas, I'm thinking. and So, there's, yeah, that's a, true. there's a lot of opportunities for having a venue the size that we've got. Just need the British weather to behave itself.
4: Yeah.
3: Yes. I mean, if it's going course. to keep the theme, you're going to have to keep showing this sport in life every Saturday night, aren't you, really? Oh, yeah. No, there no, aren't that many really like rugby it. league <laughs> films out there, sadly. Oh, rugby league
0: films, yeah. I remember the sport in life a long time ago. It's brilliant. Bloody uh, Sunday, Sunday, I think. Oh, of course. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah brilliant stuff well, look, best happen. of luck with this yeah it's oh, a great idea let's hope uh, let's hope it comes off especially as you've made such a decent start you'd, you'd won your first two games you were up there I see, yeah. at the top of the league with Hunslet weren't you
0: yeah that's right. I'm keen to return I mean we've got a squad that we think will get promotion um, you know we, we we played a team above us in the club and only lost by two points and they're top of the league above Feathers and Robbers so we, we appreciate we've got a good squad and It'd be a shame if this season was wiped out. Well, I'm still very hopeful. Uh, hopefully, yeah. when these shops start opening, pubs start opening, then hopefully, sport won't be too far behind.
3: And a word for some of your your staff and your team, and, and just generally at the club. I look looking you've done. You've been doing a lot in lockdown for the local hospice, and a lot of your players have been doing charity stuff. So yeah, you've been yeah, doing a, you've been doing a fair bit in the community as a club, haven't you?
0: Yeah, the the club has been fantastic to us. There's a lot of sponsored events being done by players and staff and such like. And uh, we've been really supportive of the community. We've, we've got a great community staff anyway who, who put so much back. Uh, but, you know, lockdown is bad for everyone. But, you know, they, they've stepped up, really. And uh, some really good work being done on a, for a charitable basis.
3: Brilliant. Good, good stuff, Steve. All the best. We wish you well with it. Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Should we bring you a bit of striker? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I I can. uh, This is Steve Bruce's murder mystery striker. Uh, This is part 173. Certainly, no, it's not. It's part, was it about part, is it part 50 today? Have we reached the the golden (laughs) point? We probably Uh, have. 51. 51. (laughs) Is it really? So, this is where we're at. Steve Barnes, (laughs) no relation, um, is the manager of Lettersford Town. Of course, he's Steve Bruce. That's right, Steve Bruce, the Newcastle manager. This is his creation and Steve Barnes has escaped from his armed kidnappers and is attempting to swim along a reservoir to continue his getaway but he's struggling to stay afloat after sustaining some
5: injuries. Chapter 8. A second time I surfaced, struggling for air, striving to retain consciousness. In times of extreme crisis the human mind and body can withstand extreme pain. Faced with death we are able to summon from within ourselves sources of power and strength we never dreamed we possessed. Hang on, is this the start of the Incredible Hulk? Anyway, I had this will to survive, to prove my innocence to beat this absurd murder charge. I trod water. This gave me a chance to look back. The two men were scrambling down the hillside. Their descent was much slower and more laborious than mine had been. Nevertheless, they would finally reach the water. So there was no getting out of the water right away. There was only one real choice. To swim the length of the reservoir and be sure of escaping. I struck out strongly. If nothing else, I reasoned, the exercise of swimming would raise my temperature. The blood from my gashed head would clot in time. If it did not, I was in deep trouble. Yet there was no turning back. The cold of the water and the long swim before me were far preferable to dodging lethal bullets. Although I swam strongly, at least to begin with, the cold soon started to eat into the whole fibre of my being. Soon I was close to suffering from hypothermia. I swear my bones were chilled, right through to the marrow. I was beginning to have serious doubts that I would make it. I had to keep going, even though my body raged, my muscles screamed with pain and told me no further progress was possible. Slowly, inexorably, although I was swimming at a reduced pace by now, the far bank was coming nearer and nearer. The sun had risen in the sky and I could feel a little heat on my face and head. It wasn't much, but it was welcome. There's a saying that the longest mile is the last mile. This certainly seemed true in my case. It wasn't a mile, but it certainly seemed as long. But I was getting closer. Now I was confident of survival.
3: Oh, we end we end on an upbeat. No, I wouldn't yeah. want to go into the weekend thinking Steve's likely <laughs> no. to drown. The cut on his head being a real concern. Was it a shark infested reservoir? Was, <laughs> he was he frightened? Was he frightened of maybe attracting the, the sharks? Uh, I, love, I
4: love Steve's muscles. Very articulate. They said to me, my muscles, "Said to me, no further progress
3: is possible." <laughs> Yeah, very (laughs) articulate. The sports science, you know, it it was was brilliant. Even in that moment of crisis, Steve could think of the sports science behind it. So, that is, of course, Ian Dant are brilliantly bringing that to life for us, as he has uh, throughout. And as we said, we're still working on uh, something quite interesting around the serialization of Striker. And uh, yeah, we'll bring you more on that when we can. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily
5: Podcast. And Airbnb, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
1: Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
2: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
6: Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig.
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
3: Time now for the birthday spread. We've got uh, 10 birthdays. Myself and a listener have got to try and guess how old uh, the people are. Andy has got a little gag for each birthday. Himself. Yeah, I've got a 13.
4: If we, if we need three tiebreakers, I'm all right today.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just time for the 10, I believe. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, so I'm going to go head to head with the listeners. As I said, it's two all at the moment. They've been doing rather well. It's Matt, the Charlton fan. Good afternoon, Matt.
2: Afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah, we're well, not too bad. Yeah, it's good, things, yeah. Matt.
3: Yeah, you feeling quite confident today? Well, I've got a bit of form in this game. Um, oh, OK. Yeah.
2: yeah, you sent me a lovely toff shirt about 20 years ago. Oh, right, OK. Oh, I'm, I'm looking to improve on that because uh, oh. hmm. the, the shirt's a lovely shirt. It's, it's shrinking a bit recently, though. I'm not OK. Quite sure why well, sadly, oh, yeah. this,
3: is, well, this is just a bit of fun. But still, it's the honour of beating me twice. Well, so, I'm holding the shirt tightly towards me. So let's see how we done. Oh, okay. good stuff. Okay, <laughs> brilliant, lovely image. So um, <laughs> let's get. I'll kick it off, Andy. First birthday in the. Where's Pele? Is he here? Yeah. Where's Pele? Is he about? he has Matt up.
4: knows Pele should be there. Oh, there he oh, is. There's oh, There's Pele. Good,
3: great away from yeah. here. We go.
4: Okay, very very happy birthday to start with to uh, the singer songwriter from Spandau Ballet, Tony Hadley. Oh yeah, and of course yeah, and of course Tony's an Arsenal fan, as we all know. But his favourite board of directors are at West Ham. I asked him which one of them he prefers.
3: Oh okay, yeah. and right, what did he say? <laughs> Go Sullivan. Yeah, exactly. Sullivan. Uh, uh, um, I'd say Tony's fifty fifty seven. Uh, what do you think, Matt?
2: Oh yeah, I sort of know what you mean. I'll go fifty eight. What is he, Andy? Ooh,
3: he's sixty. Oh, is he really? Okay, yeah, so three one, three out three two. A 3-2 plays. And Matt's going to go yeah. first this time. Here we go, then. Next birthday, anyway. OK. Uh, very
4: happy birthday to the Manchester City striker, Sergio Aguero. And yeah. uh, he popped into my local sweet shop with Martin Tyler. And Sergio said to him, which chocolate uh, bar do you, with a green mint center would you like? And Martin said to him, hello! sorry <laughs> blimey
3: <laughs> the warm bill about that could have sorted the levels out so sorted the nevels out um, so no, what, what do you what do you think
2: matt oh, it's a tough one i'm going to go
3: 31 31 i think okay, i think he might be 32 what is he andy 32 okay so well three done. for me three for matt was well, level after two birthdays uh, next up andy
4: Okay, Sir Mark Elder. A happy birthday to Sir Mark Elder, the music director of the Halle Orchestra. Sir Mark Elder. Yeah. And he does a lot of mail ordering, Sir Mark, actually. He can't wait for the mail to arrive in the morning. He's Elder Post Eager.
3: <laughs> oh, blimey. Blimey. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh dear not for the fans there. Yeah, it certainly is. Or <laughs> well, not really. It was terrible. Um, 60, 64, Andy, I'm going for Mark Elder. What do you think, Matt?
2: You've been a sir, you around a little bit, aren't you? Really. So yeah. can I go sixty-five?
3: Sixty-five. What is it, Andy? <laughs> They've been quite sneaky, aren't they? Now seventy-three. Okay, all right. So uh, eight out. Yeah. So that's eleven. I'm and I was. T- so it's twelve eleven. Okay. Here we okay. go. Okay.
4: <laughs> Pelle had to restart there. The cha- Reboot <laughs> the Pelle. The chairman of O2 was that last joke. The chairman of O2 from 2004 to 2006, uh, Sir David Arculus. Sir David Arculus. And uh, we fell out actually over a pair of 3D
3: glasses we co owned. It was an Arculus Rift. Oh, nice. It's nice for the technology, <laughs> for the kids out there. What were his <laughs> years, Andy, David Arculus?
4: Uh, David Arculus, 4 to thousand and four to two thousand and six. I
3: thought you were going to say he was uh, he was uh, watching me through my windows uh, <laughs> in the morning, so we had to bin Arculus. Bin Arculus. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Aye. Yeah, okay, well, fair run. enough. Uh, <laughs> That's a hard man to please. Let's what do you think? <laughs> what do you what do you think? What do you think, Matt?
2: Okay, he didn't have a long run, did he? Um, I'll go fifty-eight.
3: Fifty eight, the boy Arculus. Okay, I might go a bit uh, higher. Sixty six. Clickety click sixty six. Seventy four. Oh okay. okay, so I'm eight oh, uh, and you twenty. Now. You went fifty six, didn't you? Uh yeah. yeah. eight twelve don't do that. Um, so that puts you <laughs> on the twenty nine. Okay. Okay, we do, uh, you know, Jeff Peters has said there is one effect missing here. We definitely need the sound of the wind coming back. We've forgotten about the wind <laughs> for some of Andy's gags. Yeah, we'll bring back the wind <laughs> next week, them, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, 20 plays 29, I think. Keep going, Andy. Oh,
4: it's exciting. Okay, the cartoonist uh, for the, sun, the Sunday Times from 1967 to 2017, the legendary cartoonist Gerald Scarf. Gerald Scarf. And uh, Gerald's recently had a fashion makeover.
3: He's now known as Gerald Snood. Is that nice? I like that. That doesn't deserve the win. Yeah. No. Um, okay, I'm, I'm kicking okay, off Matt. on this one. I'd say um, Gerald Scarf is uh, eighty-two. What do you think, Matt?
2: I had eighty in my head, so now what okay. do I do? Eighty. Yeah, I'll stay with eighty.
3: Okay, Andy.
4: Eighty-four.
3: Eighty-four. Oh, so 84, okay, so yeah. not bad. twenty-seven, plays uh, twenty. Kidding. Plays twenty two, yeah, is that right? Oh uh, no, thirty one plays uh, 22. John Sorry, I'm, I'm you terrible at maths. I don't know where John's gone. Thirty one <laughs> plays up. Oh, he's he's lost track. It's great, blind leading the blind. Oh, <laughs> um, that's no good. We at need all. Young, we need younger <laughs> eyes on this. It's thirty one <laughs> versus twenty two. I'm fairly certain. Okay, that. keep going. Well, good. Uh, very happy birthday to the singer Susie Quattro. Oh yeah,
4: and uh, mm-hmm. I took her around to DCI Jean Hunt's house for a firework display, where she provided a modeler of herself for the uh, bonfire. I really did enjoy the issuing the instructions for the end. Fire up the Quattro, <laughs> thank you.
3: <laughs> oh, like You're slightly excited, because you lost faith in it before we got to the end. I, yeah, I did actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I Susie could have left that one Quattro? Really? How old is she? <laughs>
2: Is it my go? Yes, oh, you're going okay. Matt, yeah. Oh, no, in that case. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> it's I, not my no, go. No no. no, no.
3: 65. 65, Susie Quattro. She might be a bit older than that. 16, <laughs> 69, Susie Quattro. What is oh, she? Oh, you are doing well today, Paul. She's 70. Oh, OK. Oh. One out, 23. Uh, and you're five out, which is uh, 36. So, uh, 23 plays uh, 36.
4: A very happy birthday to uh, the chairman of the Caprice uh, restaurant group, Richard Caring. Richard Caring. And every Thursday night, 8 o'clock, I stand outside my front door giving thanks for his restaurants. It's my clap for caring. (laughs) <laughs> that's very nice. Okay. Uh, Richard Caring,
3: he's one of those, <laughs> play, he kind of looks oh, listen, quite young. Matt,
4: <laughs> Matt's like a TV commissioner. Yeah.
3: Something like that? goes, that's very funny. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very funny. Yeah, they never laugh. <laughs> they never laugh, people who commission comedy. Uh, I'd say never laugh once. So I'd say um, uh, Richard Caring, 60, 64, Andy. What do
2: you think, Matt? I need to make up a few, don't I? I'll, I'll, go, I'll go 68,
4: just to okay. play. He's 72, it's remarkable actually, I don't know if you know what he looks like, he's incredible, he's got very young hair.
3: That's why I got caught out, (coughs) so I'm Mm. on um, 31, plays 40, is that right? The producer is uh, in me, 31 plays 40, he says, not much in it, 9 in it, right, Matt's first, next one. A very happy to
4: the very happy, very a happy, very birthday. happy. <laughs> <A> very happy. <laughs> yeah, indeed. It's funnier than any of the jokes. A very happy birthday to the former British welterweight boxing champion, Dave Boy Green. Dave Boy oh, Green he's man. Dave Man Green by now. <laughs>
3: yeah, sure, Dave <laughs> Old Man Green, I would think. <laughs> what, what do you uh, What do you think, Matt Harold? Dave Boy Green.
2: Dave Boy Green. He's got to be about fifteen. Oh, Dave, I reckon I'm going seventy. 70.
3: Okay, I think you're not far off. I got a bit younger. 65. What is he, Andy? 67. 67. Oh, amazing, so I'm 67, yeah. Mil, 33. Yeah, five out for you. 45, place 33. Okay, two more to go. Still alive oh this game. Alive. Okay. The,
4: the, uh, the legendary singer uh, and entertainer Anita Harris. It's her oh, birthday yeah. today. And uh, yeah, I think she'll know where this me one's me going, no. but let me know. Yeah, she, yeah. Helped, she helped organize my wardrobe recently, including my underpants. She wanted me to have Anita Harris, of thinking. course. I thought, I thought you were going to say it was the way you described
3: after your successful hemorrhoid operation. I thought you, yeah, exactly. you were going down the same idea, going down the old route. <laughs> so Anita, she had that, she had the beauty spot, didn't she? It was a great look. I, um, Anita Harris, is about uh, 70, 78 uh, What do you think? What do you think, Matt?
2: Oh, I need to make up a few on this as well. And I'd said about that same. Can I, can I go
4: seventy three?
3: Of course you can. Yeah. Uh, what is she? Well, uh, Matt,
4: Paul's on excellent form today because Anita Harris is 78. Wow. Okay, I was
3: down oh 35. Well so 50 plays 33. So you're going first. So I, 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 yeah, you might need a snooker here, but it's, it's doable. You've Just got 17 yeah. to make up. What's mm. the birthday, Andy? It's so the is actress it 48, from the Sorry, 48 yeah. plays uh, 33. I've got a bit of a choice here, but
4: I'll go with this one. The actress from the green room, Imogen Poots, Imogen Poots. Oh yeah, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I went hiking with her family. They're all Do naturals you? at it. Yes, these poots were made for walking.
3: Oh, blind <laughs> oh, blimey, that did that did need the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Our old Imogen Poots, then. Um, I
2: reckon um, I've got to go. Aye, 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 aye. All right, can I just give it
3: forty-three? Forty-three. I think she's quite young, Imogen. Biggest guess in the world, that one. Yeah, I, I think don't even know who she lot, is. I think she's a lot younger <laughs> than that. I go thirty-five, Imogen Poots. What is she, Andy? She's thirty-one.
4: Imogen oh, she's poots. thirty-one. That puts me on
3: thirty-seven. And uh, you went forty-three, so uh, twelve out, which puts you on. S- Wipe so in out. the end, in the end, it was sixty played at thirty-seven. It was it was quite commanding uh we, in we, the uh, back in 20 years time I love it we will we will if we're all yeah some we're all still here uh, we'll do just that matt you're a good man thanks ever so much for playing look after yourself well thank done, you matt. yeah and you too nice one there we are this matt the champion fan there on the birthday spread so i'm, I'm back in the saddle i'm back Andy. I'm feeling confident going into next You're week. Some good That's gags good. there. Beautiful. Great to hear from Anita <laughs> really,
4: Harris again. You never you never got the ones for Ivan Harbour, which is good. So you can imagine, or Dame Penelope Wilton. So you can imagine how bad they were if
1: I didn't yeah. put those in. <laughs> the Hawks, and Jacobs, daily podcast from TalkSport.
3: Time then once again to look at a week of sport on TV in the company of squad number nine from Talk Radio, Mr. Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin.
7: Good afternoon, Paul. How are you, boys?
3: Yeah, we're not too yeah, good bad. Thanks, Martin. We're mm-hmm. not too bad. Thank you. Martin. Well, so the
7: good the news, field? yeah, the good news is I have a world class uh, spot for you today, um, because apparently the meaning of the words world class has been changed because oh. uh, the yeah well the government keeps talking about the world class track and trace system that they have <laughs> so on that basis I have a world class sport on TV slot no, we shouldn't up, expect really.
3: too much then <laughs> no don't expect just expect the
7: usual shambles um, yeah. But I, I have been watching the telly. Uh, I mentioned last week I watched that great um, Muhammad Ali, uh, Dick Cavett. Uh, when well, I took I took your well, advice, I just did Andy's one. And we both yeah. we
3: both absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's it's very, great, very isn't good.
7: it? Really, yeah. really good. So uh, I stuck with Sky, uh, Sky Documentaries, and they, there was a thing on called Urban Secrets. Now, the idea of this show is there's a guy called Alan Cumming, who you may know, Scottish yeah, actor, course, comedian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, brilliant actor, yeah. yeah. He is a brilliant actor. And he goes round various towns uh, in the UK, and uh, what he then does is he, he reveals secrets, as he says. Uh, we go as far from the beaten track as it's possible to go. We go oh. to the parts of the town that tourists rarely visit, because every city has its hidden layer. Well, of course, in Newcastle, which was the one that I watched, um, the, there isn't a hidden layer because if you go to Newcastle United, St James's Park, as I like to call it, uh, which is <laughs> are, are the, Newcastle's built in a valley, and right mm. on the top of the hill is in fact it's the only it's the only sort of major city you can think of where the football ground, you know, the main football ground, is right there. I mean, you're almost oh, yeah. in the yeah Leeds United. You're nearly in the centre of Leeds. You can walk from the station easily enough. But there's only uh, St James's Park where you could look out over the whole the whole city yeah. so he went there to reveal the secrets I mean he did the whole Newcastle thing he met uh, Simon Donald uh, our friend from uh, Viz comic mm-hmm. and have a chat with him about all that it was fascinating went down to Mosley Street in Newcastle the first in the world to have electric street lighting apparently oh, wow. uh, yeah and the Regency splendor of Grey Street so he, he did all the sights of Newcastle which is one of my yeah. favorite cities as well um, then spoke to Peter Beardsley about the secrets of um, Newcastle United. Now, Peter B is a great captain of Newcastle, of course.
3: There's a back coming,
7: isn't there? <laughs> 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 uh, you know, a fabulous player. I, 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 you know, I, I will not concede to anyone in my admiration of his... Uh, for his play, um, but he doesn't give the best interview. I mean, there's no. very, you know, whatever you say about Peter Beardsley, there's very little immediate chance of him being asked to present the wreath lecture. Uh, he's uh, the BBC. I did, I did a column, Martin, many years ago. I used to guy. I, I
3: didn't. I occasionally go ghosted a column yeah. for Peter, and oh, uh, it was it was hard work. It was um, <laughs> it was the coalface of g- g- column ghosting. Put it Indeed. put it that way. Mm. Yes, <laughs> uh, I mean
7: when uh, when the BBC were looking for a replacement for Emily Maitlis for a night. Peter yeah. Beers' his they, name was way down at the bottom of the His phone didn't list. ring. Uh, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>, absolutely <laughs> failed yeah. to ring. Um, yeah. but, but bless him, he gave uh, he, he gave Alan Cumming a sort of look round the uh, around you know backstage at uh, St James's Park. Uh, did you know that the windscreen wiper was invented by Newcastle United's club photographer? Did you know that?
3: That's a brilliant oh. fact. No, I didn't. That's, what a, That's, that's, that's amazing. brilliant.
7: Yeah, well, there you are. It's on Urban Secrets. It's on uh, Sky Documentaries. Right. And you can probably still find it. He I've also, never seen that.
3: Is it a whole series of like what they look? What hours? Half hours? Yeah, hour. they
7: go to they're an hour long. They go to oh, that uh, good. V- yeah, it's good. You know, as a travel program goes, um, I, I rather admire the fact that they haven't got um, some comedian to do because normally, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know whether Ramesh Ranganathan was doing something else at the time, but they did, who well, I love, I, I love Ramesh, I have to say, but, yeah. you know, he does do rather a lot of that... Uh, oh, no, he knows sort of, that, do you? <laughs> yes, he does. About it. <laughs> he does, indeed. Um, but, yeah, so, so they go to individual towns, and the, the, the tour backstage was uh, was interesting at uh, Newcastle United. They had Kath. Now, Kath has been the tea lady for the press there at uh, St James's Park for 45 years, So, as she said, she's seen a few managers come and go, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Bobby Robson... Not
3: not enough owners, though, in the eyes of the Newcastle No, absolutely (laughs) not. Who
7: said satire was dead? Um, (laughs) Yes, they... Anyway, she's seen a few managers come and go. Uh, Bobby Robson, interestingly, uh, took coffee with one and a half sugars. um, Oh, wow. Yeah, Kevin Keegan was a tea man, just wanted one sugar. And we saw Kath's great moment in the spotlight. In April 2005, after that famous fight between Kieran Dyer and Lee Bowyer, uh, oh. Graham Soonis arranged a press conference for the players to apologise. And the cameras were ready to start. And then Kath walked straight into the shots. And they had a brilliant footage of her, you know, completely, un, you know, unbeknownst to herself, wandering into <laughs> the shot and putting a cup of coffee down for Lee Bowyer. Or tea. She wasn't specific right. about... How many sugars
3: well, Lee, does this was, Lee Bowyer take, do we know? He's I think we should speak to the Charton tea lady now, shouldn't well, we? Well, yeah. <laughs> He'd be a four or five Mark. sugar man. I He'd say. be three sugars. He's got a bit of At builder least. in him, I think. At yeah, least. A bit of builder, three sugars, Lee. I think. Yeah, I don't know about Martin. Steve. I imagine Steve takes a sweetener. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Bruce. Sorry, a, what? He'll in have in saccharin. Yeah, indeed. Martin, Martin, you know, just before sorry, you go it? into
4: your, just before you go into your final or one of your next <laughs> things, uh, I don't know. How no. We're running out of time. Yeah, he wants. He uh, wants you gone. One, no, no. Just for, no. I don't. I want you to watch this for next week because I'm going to watch it. It's called. El Presidente, it's oh, yeah. Amazon Prime, it's a comedy drama based on the FIFA 2015 scandal. Yeah, I've heard about um, it, Yeah, so, uh, oh, it's in Spanish, Martin. Well, uh, well uh, yes, we've it's a bit of Spanish, yeah. There'll be yeah. subtitles, I don't mind yeah, yeah.
7: Uh, reading subtitles, I'm, you know. I don't that looks good. Book. I went to university, I can read subtitles. Of course you can. <laughs> I, you, just you've just been, again,
3: yeah. I know you've been watching, you are quite cosmopolitan, because you've been yeah. watching the Polish football, haven't you?
7: Well, yes, our good friends on channel 422. Mm. Uh, if you're looking for um, coverage, that's free sports 422. If you're looking for coverage of extra class, uh, you've gone to the right place there. Because today, yeah. they are, which I think may have been live, they had Cracovia uh, Krakow versus Jagiellonia. Um, mm. Not Particularly impressive, either in the quality of the football or the quality of the coverage, obviously, but it's there if you like Polish football. I know there are a lot of uh, expats uh, in this oh, country, yeah, of course. They're covering the, yeah, they're covering the whole mm. thing. Having, having lost their last four league games, as you'll know, Cracovia uh, Krakow, <laughs> Krakow were looking to get their extra class uh, title chase back on track. Uh, tomorrow, right. the Danish football, which I know you love, uh, Andy. because um, yeah. Yeah, big fan. It's a a driving... I didn't even realise they did this. It's a driving show. Yeah. According to the commentator, uh, he said the stadium's going to be empty, but the car park will be full. So a bit like Royal Ascot, really. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Except different food. There'll be a a bit of... uh, There'll be a lot of herring. A lot of herring. A bit of smack versed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> 2,000 cars apparently expected for the uh, game between, I think it's Michelin versus uh, Thorson's is the match tomorrow, live 3pm on uh, yeah. Free Sports. But can I just say, in terms of uh, covering sort of the lockdown and uh, you know, games behind closed doors, uh, the NRL from Australia... Very yeah. impressive. The crowd noise, um, obviously, a really good standard of rugby league. Uh, I watched the uh, Penrith Panthers versus the uh, New Zealand Warriors uh, this morning, which was um, which was a decent match. It's on in the morning. I mean, it was a decent match. The Panthers uh, ran away with it, but they, that was followed by the Melbourne Storm versus Sydney Rabbitohs. So yeah, there's a lot of top NRL going on uh, on for you know on the main uh, Sky Channel, and the, the crowd noise quite uh, impressive. Even a bit of when they were doing the. Um, the video ref. There were a few uh, oohs and ahs, which is the kind of thing you'd expect, you know, when, if you were at yeah. an actual match. So that was um, that was good uh, for uh, so the I'm British sure viewers.
3: That. Maybe the, the people have been subverting their cardboard cutout. Some of it in a fairly distasteful sort of way. Maybe <laughs> <they're> <laughs> murderers terrible. and despots. But um, <laughs> but in in one case, somebody obviously a Brit had put Dominic Cummings right in there. He was one. sitting yeah, there yeah. watching the Parramatta game. So, it's hilarious. So, it's yeah, absolutely just, hilarious. Suddenly he's sitting there watching this, watching them. I mean, that is, that's not great, is it? But, you know, Barnard Castle's one thing. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a hell of a way to go, isn't
7: it? <laughs> What's the NRL? Yes, it was. It's a long yeah. flight. No, uh, no quarantine. Off he goes. Yeah, it was brilliant. I loved that. Uh, even my uh, in my family, who make a point of not laughing at anything I say. Thought that was very funny when I showed him the uh, tweets of uh, Dominic Cummings at the NRL. And uh, um, it worth it, you know if you like a bit of rugby, league, it is worth watching. Also, just one more thing before I go, yep. and I won't give you the whole SP. But Keegan Hurst, who was the rugby player, Wakefield Trinity. He came mm. out. You know, he was playing for Batley. Um He does this, a little quarter hour show. Again, it's on Sky. Documentaries, uh, called Icons and uh, he, he talks about basically uh, coming out and he pays tribute to John Keir who was the coach at the time and gave him the confidence uh, to come out uh, and uh, that's well worth watching if you get a chance. Keegan Hurst. Yeah, well, John, uh, John okay. Key, great, isn't he? I see him on the oh, Rugby League show. Guy.
3: He often pops up as a pundit on the Beebs show. And he's he's top man. He always comes across very well. He's a
7: lovely, lovely guy. I remember one of the times I got sacked from the BBC in Leeds. <laughs> uh, I phoned him up cause I, for a, in terms of a newspaper thing I was doing. He says, ah, Martin, he says, you were the guy who got sacked from BBC Leeds for being too funny, which I rather liked. <laughs> 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 I <laughs> loved it. So he endeared himself to me at that moment. He's always great. Yeah, yeah. The Hawksby and
1: Jacobs daily podcast.
3: Well, has been brought down
6: by Kevin Moran. It to be a at the very least. It looks as though Peter Willis is going to send Kevin Moran off. It was the denying of the goal-scoring opportunity. Manchester United are going to be reduced to ten Oh, that's beautifully done, Now, can the seventeen-year-old take them on? He can. God. Direct chance of a shot on goal, and spoils by the worst sort of professional foul. And the ref has got gone across now and he's had it, he's it, he's, he's been told about it! It's off, it's red. it's Zidane! Matarazzi had an arm round Sidan there. Then they look at each other. Matarazzi
5: said something. There he's part. you can't
6: excuse them. Sidan's career is in
1: disgrace.
3: Yeah, just a few of the moments that uh, Motley's commentated on when the uh, referee has uh, been to the fore. And uh, we bring this up because it was uh, the anniversary this week in the uh, 78 World Cup when um, Clive Thomas, a man we'll come on to in a moment if you're not aware of him, uh, ruled out a Brazilian goal with the ball basically being fired in from a corner. He blew the full-time whistle when uh, Brazil uh, played uh, Sweden. And uh, it would have been the winning goal in the game, I believe. Um, it, it was crazy. Uh, joining us now, as we said, John Motson. Good afternoon, Motti.
6: Hello, boys. How are you?
3: We're not too yeah, thanks, bad. Andy. That was now that was Barry's game, that infamous match, uh, at the Brazil-Sweden. But I'm sure you remember the incident well. It was it was such a perverse thing to do, wasn't it? You either you either don't allow the corner to be taken. Um, or, 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 you know, or you blow your whistle then, or, or you let it play itself out.
6: Well, uh, just putting it into context for listeners that probably can't remember June 1978. Yes, it was Brazil versus Sweden in Mar del Plata. Uh, it was a group match, um, quite early in the tournament. Uh, Sweden took the lead. Brazil made it one-one right on half time. And then going into the second half and the closing stages and the whatever time was added on for injuries, Brazil got a corner. And a fellow called Nelinio, who uh, was also um, noted in that World Cup because he scored a fantastic goal against Pat Jennings. But anyway, oh, yeah. on this occasion, <laughs> he took a corner. And Clive Thomas, now i better just explain here again to people that Clive Thomas was one of our more extrovert referees. <laughs> he, he did like to be the centre of attention. He was from Triorque in Wales. Uh, and as Nalino crossed the ball, and while the ball was in the air, Clive Thomas blew for full time. Yeah. At, which point, at which point, Zico headed the ball into the net and celebrated a Brazilian winning goal. But then Thomas just made a gesture with his hands, wiping the goal out and saying it was scored before when full time was up. Brazilians obviously surrounded him, but he was having none of it. The goal was not allowed. And the final score in that match was Brazil 1, Sweden 1.
3: Yeah, it was a, a mad moment because the ball was really fired in. It's not like it floated in and, and bobbed around the box. So it was like a second phase, no. if you like. It was drilled in. It was barely time to blow the whistle from the point where it left Nalinho's <laughs> foot and it hit Zico's head. He
6: must yes, have known, didn't he? He must well, have known I mean, that it was, well, was Clive, the Well, uh, Clive Thomas, as I said, he, he loved the limelight. And if you'd said to me, give me a referee he, who would have done that, then it would have been Clive Thomas. He was also the referee, by the way. Who disallowed the so-called Everton winner in the 1977 FA Cup semi-final when Brian Hamilton thought he would scored, and nobody was quite sure why, why Thomas wiped it out? So, so he was a, he he was very much the go, the go-to man if you wanted to sort of. A pinpoint a referee who was usually at the centre of uh, either controversy or or something like it, but he was a good referee, I must say, because otherwise he wouldn't have been in the World Cup. But um, yeah, that 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 really did create a furor, I must say.
3: We're so used to red cards now in games, in big games, Motty. We heard a World Cup one there was a damn, but in the FA Cup, I mean, do you remember the shock of that Kevin Moran red yeah. card? It was a real surprise, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, we're now in the 1985 FA Cup final. Uh, Everton are playing Manchester United. Everton have won the championship. They're going to go on to play in the Cup Winners' Cup final. They're chasing a treble. Um, The the game goes into extra time and nobody looks like scoring. And then Peter Reid suddenly intercepts intercepts a back pass. I think it was from Paul McGrath. And he's he's suddenly going to... If he beats Kevin Moran, he's one-to-one with the goalkeeper. it I know he's some 40 or 50 yards away from goal, but it would be probably called a goal-scoring opportunity when Kevin Moran brought him down. Now, of course, these were in the early days of yellow and red cards, and we didn't expect this to happen in the FA Cup final, but uh, Peter Willis was the referee. Now, Peter Willis was a very tall... Um, easily recognizable figure, good referee, a policeman by profession, quite appropriate, I suppose, because he gave um, Ke- he gave Kevin Moran the the ultimate uh, pr- uh, punishment, if you want to call it that. He mm-hmm. he produced the red card and and Moran was sent off. Um, the game continued in extra time, and Norman Whiteside then kind of uh, put Manchester United uh, back in. The- where they wanted to be, because despite playing with 10 men, he got away on the right hand side. You'll remember the goal, won't you? He oh, yeah. In a bit. Great goal. And he guided that shot with his left foot into the far corner of, very far corner of, uh, of Neville Southall's net. Um, I think it hit his cap or a bottle or something. It was so accurate, um, which he had in the net. And uh, Manchester United, Ron Atkinson, leapt off the bench. And Manchester United won the FA Cup, destroyed Everton's dreams of the treble. And um, again, the referee was the centre of attention. But having seen it again all these years later, I think it might have been a red card even today, you know, because oh, yeah. had he n- had more and not brought Reed. To- I don't know. How to- <laughs> I don't know about Peter Reed in a one to one with 40 yards to run. But never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's uh, true. I, yeah. I-, 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 I think the-, the result might have gone the other way. Yeah. but Paul Allens was
3: different, of course, though, because he was right in on goal. He was basically on the edge of the 18. I mean, in my mind's eye, he's kind of on the edge of the 18-yard box. It's going to be this great story, of this young kid sealing the deal, getting the second yeah. goal in the cup final. And Willie yeah. Young, it was real panto villain stuff, wasn't it? Just, I mean, that should have been a red card, shouldn't it?
6: Yeah, we're in the 1980 cup final. West Ham, second division against Arsenal, their third final in a row. Um, and we're in we we're, we're in a game which really didn't look like producing goals and then suddenly Paul Allen who was 17 years and 256 days old, making him the youngest man then ever to play in the FA Cup final, would have been through on the goalkeeper, Pat Jennings, had it not been for the lanky figure of uh, and fair, fair-haired Willie Young, the Scottish defender, who chopped him down cynically, I have to say, because he made sure the tackle was just outside the penalty area. Yeah. And, lo and lo and behold... Um, the ref, the referee chose not not to, not to, not to give anything, and, and, and we found it was amazing. The referee was George Courtney, by the way, on that occasion. Oh. Um, but it, it, I mean, well, it it was a it was a much more blatant goal scoring opportunity than Peter Reeds had been, and and, and of course today, needless to say, uh, Willie Young would have received the punishment that Kevin Moran got, and he would have been sent off, but Absolutely. he wasn't.
4: It's interesting uh, Martin you mentioning some of those old refs there. And I was thinking they all had professions. They weren't like they are now. Professional Jack Taylor for example was a butcher
6: famously. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yes.
4: and I just yes. wonder I wonder if they do you think they're any better for being professional?
6: Well, I I, th- I think they're fitter and I think that's the key thing. Keeping up with the pace of the modern game and of course they train very hard um, and it's, it's a very professional outfit the uh, the, the um Premier League referees panel um and and of course the referees of one thing i did think the other day i didn't do this game either but do you remember when graham pole who was our best referee at the time and a very good one by the way um do you remember when he when he sent when he failed to send off um of croatia when it would have it was his third yellow card yes and and graham had already booked him and, and and he didn't send him off, so so, so basically um, he booked the same player over and over again, and and and, it, and that caused a lot of controversy in that match between uh, Australia and uh, and Croatia. Absolutely, it, what was that? And was it caused to...
3: Graham
4: Pole a lot of heartache, actually.
6: Really, yeah, I think, you because
4: know.
3: you know it was a, a great career, and you're right, he was our best referee, and and he, he tends to get remembered for that, which I think is probably a bit harsh considering the amount of great Premier League games and other matches he had, but. Um, uh, what was the relationship like with the referees? I mean, you've often talked about the managers would tip you off about stuff. As yeah. a commentator, Marty, and a well-known one, could you occasionally catch up with a ref down in the tunnel and say,
6: "Yes, yes let me
3: know what should was it a red card? Should that have been a yellow, et etc." Cetera, et cetera?
6: Well. I don't know about after the game because they normally shut their door for 20 minutes or so, and it, the two managers are probably trying to get in. So I didn't get across the pitch after the game quite so much. But before the game, it was always part of my pre-match routine to go into the referee's dressing room, politely knocking on the door, of course, just to <laughs> check um, the, the well, the names probably which I knew, but just to check. It, and this was very important for a commentator: which side of the pitch the two linesmen were gonna, or two assistants were going yeah. to go because. I could never quite work out the difference between one flag and the other, by the way. So I went and asked them who, who was going to be on the dressing room side and who was going to be on the far side. And I have to say good, good blokes all of them. I mean, I've got great great help and cooperation. They always welcome me in. This, of course, was before the game. Whether they would have welcomed me in afterwards if I could have got there, I, I really don't know. But um, no, they're a fraternity referees. They, 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 certainly publicly, they, they stick up for each other. Yeah. Um, they take The good with the bad. They have to go home sometimes, knowing that a decision which they've made, which um, could have which cost one of the teams the game, would then be highlighted on Match of the Day. So it's it's not a uh, it isn't a position to hide in, is it really, a referee? And 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 going back to the Graham Pole thing, they do depend very much, I think, on the support and 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 now they've got the earpiece obviously they can talk to them of the two assistants and if necessary the fourth ref the fourth official which was why i know you're going to say here he goes again which is why i i first didn't want var because i thought well there's four of you out there if the referee's uncertain surely in his ear one of the other three officials can correct him well, not always maybe, and not always would he be right, but but I I kind of felt, well, that was the way the game was, they worked as a team, they still work as a team, obviously, Um, but VAR has changed things, and sometimes now the assistant referee can, can call the attention of the referee to an incident, and then it's still got to go to VAR, so so we're in a different world now, but um, the incidents that you've mentioned all come back to me very readily because anything like that, of course, makes headlines and uh, the referees have to live with it.
3: Of course. Marty, we'll catch up with you next week. All the best. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. Time then to look at uh, the weekends TV and the company as always. Brighton supporting. Uh, star journalist it is, well he works for the star, he is a star, <laughs> yeah, that's and he works for the star, he's like, he doesn't wear <laughs> no. uh, you he's not a sheriff, um, <laughs> it is Mike Ward, good afternoon Mike. Hi guys. Uh, so, um, Celebrity Gogglebox, been reading a fair bit about this, and it's, they've got quite a lineup. it seems like a lot of celebs fancy the, doing it. The big it.
1: question is, is yes, it better sir? than the normal Gogglebox, Mike? Well, there's a question, um, <laughs> It, it it's taking it down a different route, isn't it? As soon as you bring celebs into something, you're sort of sort of seeing it from a different perspective. Although we've we've seen inside all these people's homes now by now, anyway. So looking inside anybody's house is not a great novelty, uh, in that sense. I don't know really. I mean, I think there's a case. The, the the difference, I guess, with the regular goggle box and the one thing I I sort of do have a few sort of misgivings about it is that I think there's always that tendency for people who because this is a big break that they're on this show they sort of kind of over you know sort of play up a bit and that can get a little bit irritating at times if people are sort of overplaying it whereas the celebrities have got nothing to prove in that respect so they don't have to sort of you know overdo it shall we say yeah Uh, but also I guess it depends whether you are particularly warm to the celebs involved so it's a bit like any celebrity show you've kind of got your your preconceived ideas of whether you like them or whether you want to on your telly again Harry read that song it's good to see him on telly isn't it That's yeah thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah.
3: but Absolutely. he's with see I think when it's you know sometimes you'll, you'll put two celebrities together and they probably are mates and they spend time together yeah but you tend to get the best stuff when people are maybe related or they're married I yes mean, Rylan and his mum were always good fun, and in, yes. in the fairly recent celebrity ones, his mum, was so she was the laugh. We got to Harry and Sandra. I would imagine yeah. you'll get some good uh, stuff there from uh, from them, don't you think?
1: Well, you've got yeah, you've got a sort of a natural rapport of people who yeah. live who live together, a family, sure. as opposed to people who are both showbiz people who perhaps might do a little bit of uh, you know trying to outperform one another or you know, <laughs> yeah, always going down the sort of Rob Brydon's yeah. Cougar of coconut fruit. I love Jules Holland and Vic Reeves, but I can't imagine they live together. Not <laughs> yeah. recently, no. It's all, apparently, so. <laughs> They might have to pull out. I think they've had a bit of a row. Um, so, yeah, that's a strange one. He spent an entire series of his, his music show having to talk to everyone on a laptop, and then Vic Reeves turns up. Yeah, you know, that's, that's very weird. Some anyway. of these have done it before.
3: Joe Swash yes. and Stacey Solomon, and, uh, and also Nick Grinshaw and his niece. They've been on it before, haven't they? Yeah. Martin Kemp and Roman Kemp have done it before. They've
1: so. done loads of it. And I think yeah. new to it are um, pe- people like uh, Zoe Bull, Hasn't done it before, Zoe Ball and uh, her son Woody Woody Cook. They've not done it before. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, and Nicola Adams is on it as well with her partner, Ella. So you've got a few new faces there. You, you do need to ring the changes a bit because, you know, let's be honest, all of us, we've only got about three gags between us, so, you know. Yeah. You only why, mentioned Zoe
4: Ball because she's from Brighton. We of
3: course, yeah. of course, yes. <laughs> um,
1: okay, did... let's
4: move on.
3: I did watch The Four millions, and I know Adrian Durham, who's, who's up next he, he really enjoyed it as well, it is very good, it's kind of, you fascinating. Know, you, you do start to think a couple in, can they sustain this for six episodes, mm. but they do, and there's a, there's a cracking payoff at the end, which obviously I won't give away, but it's, it's a really good, really good series, so uh, I don't know if you've not had the chance yet, Mike, have you, I suppose, Mike?
1: well, it sounds like, you have you watched it all? I have. I've seen it through. I went the full okay. six episodes this week, so I'd recommend it. I well, went. the thing is, yeah, but I've got to. I've got to watch Peter Crouch save our summer, and that's eight. Oh, of parts, course, you have. That's you eight weeks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's parts. true. Yeah. That's tomorrow, and yeah. yeah. you know what? I mean, I think this was, as far as I can make out, this was originally going to be the sort of something to off the back of the of the Euros. So it was going to it be. It was like going a post, to be yeah, a bit similar to the mm.
3: James Corden show. We spoke to Gabe Turner, the well, the guy who's who's making it yesterday. <laughs> that, he yeah. was going to do something post match reacting. To the matches with a bit of sports entertainment, but obviously now it's become something else with no football.
1: It's a lot of pressure. I mean, I can't—you can't can't really judge until until I've seen it, which you know. But uh, you know, eight eight episodes, you know, you sort of think. You know, P- Peter Crouch. Would he have expected, you know, a couple of years from now, you're going to be the saviour of BBC One's Saturday nights? You know, this, looking into stri- the future. It
3: doesn't strike me that, that that would weigh too heavily on his shoulders. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's not, does he does he feel that if he blows this, that's the end of his TV like, career? I, don't, I, think, I think he's quite enjoying the ride, old Pete. Oh, I'm sure he <laughs> is.
1: I think if, if he flags after six episodes, they'll they'll take him yeah. off and bring on Wayne Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, uh, but going back to uh,
3: this evening. Tom Jones at eighty. Yes, uh, it's hard to believe, isn't it? It is amazing. Amazing,
1: isn't and his um, yeah, it's his birthday this weekend. Um, so this is a they've done a, a sort of hour long um, celebration. So lots of old old hits and uh, great old. I, I love watching the old clips in the sixties where you know yeah. he, you know it dances like nobody would ever dance now. Even that you know if they were the age that he was then, it was just sort of that strange, slightly over the top sixties dance, which was considered, uh, I, I guess, quite hip, literally. Pelvic uh, thrusts. No, uh, I wasn't going to say that, but you've well, now no, said it. Nothing, so right. Right. There's nothing wrong with pelvic oh, thrusts. Is that okay? <laughs>
4: are we post-watershed? You oh, okay. okay. you've said pelvic thrusts.
3: You probably it three don't keep times. saying it, for goodness yeah. sake. <laughs> I'll get yeah, you a t-shirt Tom with James. it on the front. <laughs> so, uh, I, I admire Tom.
4: Sorry, I admire Tom because he had the courage to go completely grey. He dyed his hair for years. And actually, looks better. So he I'm thinking does. I might go the same way with my beard. Are oh, you going to really? go
3: completely grey with a beard? I think it I would be a good be. thing. It would be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, that's really I, I don't have see any it. choice. In, in Old that respect. grey beard. I wonder what you'd look like with a completely grey beard.
4: I mean, boi- is, ten years older is that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> His voice is, um, is, is held up. I mean, Tom's, not Andy's. Yeah. His voice is held up yes. really, really well, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's. It's. Um, I don't think. I, my theory is that, you know, unlike, unlike Macca, bless him, who struggles with some of the high notes these days, which is fair enough, you know, it's a natural, you know, the way things mm. go. Yeah. I think you t- went a bit high there when you were talking about yeah, high notes. It yeah, was high 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 it. High it. <laughs> quite extraordinary. Um, i am said like Miss Piggy now, which is yeah. quite odd. Um, yeah, I've got a theory about his vocal technique, but I can't be bothered with it now to be honest. Okay, um, <laughs> fair enough. Um, and we Harry
3: Redknapp's on the telly as
1: well this evening.
3: But twice. Sky yes, really. One.
1: Uh, Harry uh, Redknapp's home fixture he's yes, on. I was going to send out a search party, but he's he's there. He's he's on telly. Thank goodness. Good guests. Yeah. Good, Yeah, really good guests. got Frank Lampard, uh, Olly Murs and uh, Ben Stokes. Ben Stokes talking about, obviously, the resumption of the cricket and his concerns about things like, you know, spitting on the ball. Um, <clears throat> you know, and the fact that, obviously, things are like that you can't do. You won't be able to do. So just you those know. instinctive things. And I'm sure, it, inevitably, there will be some people whose instincts kick in uh, before they, re, you know, they realise they're not going to do that sort of thing. And obviously, Frank Lampard, again, talking about the football and how, you know, um, important it is for everybody to have yeah. that Get there and marry again, and, and talking about the possibility of one day managing England, which he sort of rules out for some while. Yeah apart from Good. Crouchy uh, being, yeah. Mr. S-
3: being Mr. <laughs> yeah. Saturday Night, you've got Michael McIntyre, um, yeah. but I think it's a best of, and then The Masked Singer, the US version of The Masked Singer on ITV at 4.35.
1: Yes, uh, this doesn't show a lot of faith when you stick it on at 4.35. No. I th- it's a bit weird, because one of the things about The Masked Singer is, you know, if you watch the regular, well, um, oh, I say the regular's only been on once, but the the, the, yeah. the UK version, of course, that when The mask comes off, you go, oh, it's him, stroke her, and you, you sort of chuckle and think, you know. But you're none the wiser half the time half the, half the people who are stars on American TV <laughs> yeah and sorry should I know who you are <laughs>
4: yeah. um,
1: so, so it does t- take but away one of no the key elements of the show yeah. you might know, as well have kept yeah. the mask on yes, absolutely. to be honest
7: yeah <laughs> it, it stars like one of the
3: judges is Robin Thick, and I often wonder I that, love you that know,
7: name but it's, it's name, interesting
3: it? that he didn't change it I mean it's, it would be great if it said Robin Thick, real name Robin Thrust for example it oh might god be, again it might, be, <laughs> it might be it might be but, but it's Interestingly, he didn't change it from a showbiz point of view, no. was he? Yeah, it yes. Is. yes, yes. Well,
1: that's true, yeah. really. Yeah.
3: So.
4: Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then so we've
1: next got. Next uh, oh, I thought we were going to yes. talk about the Mona Lisa uh, and with Andrew. Oh, yeah, OK. Andrew great Mars, paintings, great of paintings of the world. Of the world with Andrew. I, I, I like Andrew. Andrew is one of those people who can, you know, because I've been watching some of these old um, uh, making of modern britain things that they've been showing yeah very again. good aren't they Beeps are really really good although he's wearing a terrible pink jumper last night i thought what made what were you thinking when you right. started filming you put that jumper and he walked all the way through hmm. um but now this is fascinating and he's got a passion he's just one of these guys who's passionate about subject and he projects it really well so you know the mona lisa hmm. which is a fascinating story um i didn't know about the fact that it was stolen by three italian handymen in august 1911 did you know that no, oh, I didn't know that. No, no. there you go. One of many stories. He also tells the story of the uh, tells us about the groundbreaking artistic process that created the enigmatic half smile. It's sort of the smudging around the lips with the paint. I think something like that. Anyway, it's a bit oh, okay. technical, but you know, I Andrew, like that, Andrew yeah. will make it accessible, guaranteed. You feel? I mean, Good. when you
3: go and see the Mona Lisa, I've not been for years, but when you do, you think, yeah, all right. I mean, you queue you yeah, for ages. Know, yeah, and you so feel that. like you've ticked something off. Where it's not it? like we're I mean, I go and see the Sistine Chapel. You know, yeah. it's just that's amazing. There's certain you go and see some paintings. It's because it's not, it's it's because it's not very big. Yeah, just you think that's it. That's, I mean, honestly, if you stood there and you got a quid for everybody who said in 15 different languages, blimey, it's not very
4: big. It's is not it? very big. You'd like, it. big. It's like the a little, multi-millionaire. <laughs>
1: a Little Mermaid statue in Copenhagen is disappointing. Yeah. With that respect, it's it's
4: art's equivalent of pitch looks nice at the start of the
3: season. You tick it off, but I mean. I <laughs> mean, there's a great story behind it. And there is a great you story. Know, Leonardo so is very interesting. And,
4: yeah. and so We're running but. out of time, so we should get to Sunday, I think. There's a
3: lot of football on for talk- Sunday. Yeah, for talk None of it listeners. live, of course.
1: None of it live, no. And the World Cup Final 66 is a repeat. Um, that's Channel 4, half past one. They're showing it again uh, as a or charity thing to raise money for the uh, National Emergency Trust cor- coronavirus appeal. And Jeff Hurst is going to be in the studio. So he's oh, okay, talk, that'd be talk, interesting. To, which is quite a nice way of doing it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've seen it a billion times. But to have he, it he's going to
4: say it didn't cross the line. <laughs> <Yeah>. i <just, laughs> going to say it did cross the line. I just think <laughs> the do the whole,
1: <laughs> they should yeah. do the whole thing, you know, like I did a few weeks ago with the, the, the sort of contemporary refs re refereeing the game, yeah. uh, plus some <laughs> VAR.
3: I wonder if it'll be the Hugh Johns or the uh, Kenneth Orson home version. Well, it's oh. on Channel 4, that's true. I, mean, I imagine they'll go with the old Ken Wilson home. The thing is, when you watch it, it doesn't look like it has crossed the line, but apparently the boffins have looked at it, and when the boffins look at it, it does cross the line. So that right? So, I just well, I assumed, mean, every time, yeah. I watch it, every time I watch it, I don't think it's in. No, I don't but, think uh, it's in. I'm and, counting uh, it. Alan Shearer um, (laughs) when football came home it's a repeat from 2016 looking back on the 96 Euros that's on the BBC
1: Sunday night that's half past 10 on on Sunday night so that's worth obviously catching up with uh, teammates and Terry Venables have a good weekend, Mike. All the best. Thanks, Cheers, Mike. guys. Take care, good stuff. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. So there we are. Hope you enjoyed
3: uh, all those moments from this afternoon show. We'll catch up with you on Monday. Have a great weekend, and thanks for
6: listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four pm on Talksport.
7: Hold up.